Welcome to the Making It Happen podcast by The Tech Garden. The Tech Garden is Central New York's premier technology incubator fostering high-tech, high-growth potential companies in downtown Syracuse, New York. And this podcast explores what it means to be an entrepreneur right here in CNY. If you would like to know more about The Tech Garden, please visit thetechgarden.com or follow us on social media. Being in Syracuse, it was easy to reach out to you know business owners here in the area that definitely gave me a ton of advice in the beginning. You know, Jeff from Digital Hive, Will from Plows and Mows, uh, he's been a great help. So just being able to easily reach out to those guys and, you know, a ton of others to, to give advice at those critical moments. Hi, I'm your host, Mia Tomasello, and today I get to speak with Jeffrey Lyman, CEO and co-founder of Tonquin. Tonquin is a brand new member of the tech garden and describes themselves as Uber for auto parts because they are changing the way auto parts are delivered by providing on-demand pickup and delivery for auto parts stores and dealerships. Enjoy the show. So could you explain how Tonquin works? I know a lot of people might describe their startup as an Uber for XYZ, but how exactly does Tonquin work? Is this an app? Tonquin is a is a platform, you know, platform marketplace. So Tonquin is a web application and a mobile app. So our web application is directed for our customers, which are the, you know, the auto parts stores, uh, the people that need the parts delivered. And then our mobile app is for the drivers, just like uh, Uber, DoorDash, Instacart, all those uh, platform marketplaces that are out there today. So an auto parts store, how exactly does that work now? And how is Tonquin kind of changing that? Is there like a lot of issues with the way that auto parts are being delivered to stores now? Is it just inefficient? Yeah. So currently, most of the, the major retailers that you know you drive by, the Napa Auto Parts, Advance Auto Parts, those companies typically have employed drivers. So they have driver positions inside each store and they have leased vehicles or even you know locally owned vehicles. And those drivers are the ones doing the, the deliveries currently and have the past you know decade plus. So that's been the typical method. Wow. I didn't know that. So there's... Yep typically like a full-time driver for auto parts at these stores, or maybe it's just someone that works there that does it every once in a while? How does that work? So actually, there's typically more than one full-time driver and then some part-times on top of that. So that is uh, definitely a misconception with auto parts is that there's a high volume of deliveries going on uh, in local markets every day, like a lot. So there's, yeah, there's drivers staffed at all these stores, you know, sometimes three, four, even five. Wow. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. One of the claims I saw on just researching Tonquin is that it makes, it eliminates fleet costs, job ads, and headaches all while improving efficiency and adding value. Could it, could you explain what some of those costs and job ads are? Yeah. So, I mean, if you were to go on Google right now and search for, you know, a part-time driver for an auto parts store, uh, you could probably get a job. So that was definitely, you know, one of the main focuses of, of Tonquin was, you know, to be that supply of drivers uh, for them. And then obviously, you know, the, the effect from that is that they also wouldn't need to supply, you know, their own vehicle. They wouldn't need to lease that vehicle for deliveries, as well as the maintenance, the insurance. There, there's a lot of expenses when it comes to running an in-store fleet like these auto parts stores do. How did you come up with this idea? Do you have a background in the auto industry or maybe like a personal experience that caused you to start this? Yeah, so this is actually, you know, probably the best part of the story. So my dad and also Tonquin's other co-founder, uh, Jeff Sr., 
he actually owns Jeffrey's Auto Body uh, on Taft Road in North Syracuse, and he has for the past 40 plus years. So, you know, it's a, it's been a local business and I, coming out of college, my plan was to take over his body shop. So I spent about a year planning to do that. I was inside the shop. I was kind of shadowing all the positions. And one of those was the parts department. Actually, my office for Tonquin at one point was right next to the parts department in the lunchroom. So, but, but yeah, so I had, you know, firsthand experience. I, I worked in the parts department. I noticed, you know, a lot of issues when it came to uh, receiving parts that, that we needed to do repairs. So that was really how Tonquin got started. And did you have an interest at tech at the time? So I didn't at all. That was, uh, that's definitely the most interesting part is that, you know, my, my, my dad and I had, we had no interest in tech. We didn't know anything about tech. So, you know, we did a lot of research in the beginning when we first had this idea to make sure we were doing it correctly. And, uh, you know, we were going into it, you know, with a good head on our shoulders. So, yeah, my, that was my first kind of experience with tech. And I'm, you know, I'm really glad I did get into it. Mm-hmm. How did that relationship work with uh, you and your co-founder? What, did you both decide on the idea of Tonquin or was it one of you that kind of just needed help and kind of convinced you to go into this business together? How did that work? So it was actually, it was a discussion in our living room while we were watching football. <laughs> we, you know, we were just talking about, this is actually going back to now 2017, Uber had, you know, only been in Syracuse for, you know, a small amount of time. So, you know, we were just kind of going back and forth and we were like, you know, why not, why not an Uber for X model to deliver parts? You know, it was a little more detailed than that, but that was kind of the, the main idea. And, you know, we both thought it was a great idea. You know, the next step from there was we just talked to, you know, people in the industry. We had great connections, obviously, being, you know, locally in the auto parts world for a while. So we were able to talk to people and ask, you know, get their feedback on it. And that's kind of where it took off. Wow. So what was your, what were your first steps for developing the tech part of it? If you didn't maybe have those connections to the tech world or mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, that, that whole aspect sure. of it. Yeah. So like I said, I did a ton of research. You know, we obviously had to outsource, you know, our, our MVP. And so I just did a lot of research on, on companies that we'd want, want to partner with to, to get that developed. And we ended up going with a company out of New York City. They developed our, our MVP for us, and they're still a great partner today. I had a you know a few few of my friends actually from high school and college that were into tech. They were they were software engineers, so you know we had some help from them along the way as well. Wow, where did you get the name Tonquin? Back when I was uh, still in college, for my business law class, I was doing some assignment, and in the textbook there was a passage about John Astor and his uh, merchant sailing ship called Tonquin. And the name just stuck out to me and I thought it sounded cool. So I, I highlighted it and I went with it. <laughs> <laughs> I was assuming the whole time that it might've been someone's last name or something, but that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And it was a cheap dona- domain for being a one word domain so that we lucked oh, right. out there too. Right, right. <laughs> that always comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you you explained that you intended to take over the auto business, family's auto business, but did you always have that entrepreneurial itch growing up? You know, I'd, I'd like to say I did. I mean, I'm only, I just turned 25 last week. So a, a funny story when I was, I think it was like fourth grade uh, on the school bus, I I was selling like paper footballs and other knickknacks and I made 200 bucks uh, 
in one school year on on the school bus. So <laughs> I I guess that was the the first indication. But but yeah, I mean, I've you know my family has always owned you know small businesses. We owned a vending company that I worked for, and um, my whole family worked for a while. So yeah, we've always been a family of entrepreneurs. That's cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Did anyone help you push to start this business? Like, did you have a mentor? You know, definitely, obviously my dad, you know, he's, he was the main funder. He, you know, we worked side by side and getting this going. It's, it's really being in Syracuse. It was easy to reach out to, you know, business owners here in the area that definitely gave me a ton of advice in the beginning. You know, Jeff from Digital Hive, Wills from Plows and Mows. Uh, he's been a great help. So just being able to easily reach out to those guys and, you know, a ton of others to, to give advice at those critical moments. Mm -hmm. Right. I think central New York being what they now call an interior hub, there's a lot of access to people. Whereas in New York city or San Francisco, it would be kind of impossible almost. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I ran into Wills at the parking garage. Like, I don't think that happened, you know, in like a big city like New York, like you're just saying. No. (laughs) So uh, what do you, what do you think are the other benefits of growing a business in central New York? You know, it's a great place to test market. So kind of along the same lines, um, you can get to, you know, certain contacts pretty easily. You know, you can, it's a, it's a good size market where you can test and, you know, collect good data and, and really test out your product. So I think that's been, you know, very good for us to see. And hopefully, you know, Syracuse is, it, it's it's not an easy market by any means. So it definitely prepares you well if you do have a model that can go into other markets. Right. Yeah. There's been a few other auto tech companies here yep. uh, in central New York. Spin yep. car. ACV. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That was the other one. <laughs> yep. they're, they're a big company. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So what was some of the first feedback you got from doing testing in central New York? So it was definitely... I guess not what I expected. I mean, we, we were, you know, with Jeff's connections, we were able to get into some small businesses and do, you know, beta testing and things like that. Um, we we're also able to get into some of the larger companies as well to do some testing. So it was definitely, you know, a privilege in that sake. Um, and I don't think we would have got that in any other market, but it was, like I said, it was, you know, it was nice to, you know, work with those small businesses that still had, you know, substantial businesses here in Syracuse and, and get, uh, collect a lot of data that helped us out and and really you know iterate on on what we were offering is the the Tonquin platform that you have now a lot different than what you had envisioned at first have there been many iterations along the way you know believe it or not there there hasn't been too many and that's just because you know we're still a bootstrapped company so mm-hmm. we've been uh, very diligent in what, where we put our funds and, you know, that obviously in return goes into what changes we make and what updates we make. And it makes you really think about what changes are necessary to keep moving forward. So the product actually isn't too much different from version one, but right now we're actually going into a few months of development work where we're going to be making those, those kind of major changes, which is super exciting. Do you have drivers yet? Like people that sign up to drive for Tonquin? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we've got about, I believe it's a little over 300 applicants and that equates to about 170 uh, active drivers here in the Syracuse area. 
So, you know, that's been definitely exciting. Uh, that, that's the other thing too, is, you know, the drivers being a marketplace, uh, the drivers are definitely just as important as the customers. You know, we've, I've been really excited to see the, just the, the great people that do this type of work, you know, the, this gig work is becoming kind of its own job in itself. So, uh, and the people doing it are just, they're great people. They're hustlers. They're, you know, they're energetic. They're, they're definitely, you know, they're, they're always have great moods. I mean, they're just great people. So uh, that's been really fun. Have uh, any auto body or auto shops been resistant to tech change? I know sometimes it's some industries can be difficult to adapt or anything like that. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's definitely probably been our biggest struggle is, is changing the habits, you know, of -hmm. these auto parts stores and, and dealerships that are shipping parts. They've been used to, you know, just taking those brake rotors and, you know, handing them over to their, their driver, Bob and saying, you know, see you in, see you in 45 minutes or whatever it be. So these, some of these, even some of the biggest companies in the industry have just recently, you know, kind of got into software when it comes to managing their logistics. So we're, we're kind of right along, you know, that, that entrance into the, into this industry. So we're, we're seeing those challenges as well. Right. It sounds exciting though. It does for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's that that's, you know, it's obviously the, the give and take the, when you see it work, then it's like, it's very satisfying and humbling to when it does work and, and the customers enjoy it. Right. Yeah. It seems like a win-win for, for everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I've been asking on, on some of our more recent podcasts, how early stage companies and startups are adapting to COVID. So it seems like COVID might, may have been beneficial with people looking for more gig jobs or being interested in the gig economy, is that how it turned out? Or did the pandemic change or shift anything for you in a major way? It didn't change anything really major. We did see a spike and that was actually because the layoffs equated in, you know, drivers getting laid off. So some of our our customers kind of leaned on us a little more uh, to do their deliveries. So we did see a short spike, but kind of evened out pretty quickly. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, we're grateful that, you know, we didn't see any major change, I guess, you know, negatively. So that was nice. But yeah, drivers, I mean, they, they were still coming onto the platform and still still wanting to work. So that was nice to see. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are drivers finding out about Tonquin? Do you have to do a lot of outreach or is it more natural? Yeah, so right now it's a lot of advertising. So, you know, we advertise to the, the target markets of Uber, Lyft drivers, DoorDash, Instacart. Those are our main focus because the average driver drives for multiple platforms at one time. So, you know, they have Tonquin online as well as Uber, Lyft. That's been kind of our main category that we target for drivers. But there's also a lot of uh, uh, new people coming onto the platform to start with Tonquin. So that's also cool to see. So I'm sure as an entrepreneur, you must get a lot of incoming advice that you have to sift through. So what is the best piece of advice you've been giving? I, I typically always ask this question. <laughs> sure, sure. No, it's a, great, it's a great question. So I think the biggest one is, you know, just not to quit. So, you know, we've been, we've been doing this already for three years and, you know, it's, it's definitely not a, a linear path. So there's a lot of ups and downs and sometimes the downs last longer than the ups, sometimes the other way around. But I think just not quitting is probably the biggest piece of advice and, and just to keep chugging along. I think there was a quote, I think it was Gary Tan from Initialized Capital. He said, 
startups don't fail, founders quit. So that really stuck with me. That's interesting. Have there yeah. been moments where you've thought, where you've been really discouraged? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's something good to note that to, to get into these communities and to just talk to, you know, other founders or even listen to podcasts about business and things like that to just understand that, that, you know, that is normal uh, to feel those things. And, you know, it doesn't always last forever. And that's, that's what you have to know. So what is on the horizon for Tonquin? What, what are your next, um, what are your upcoming projects? If you can share any of that information? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So some of the biggest things is we're, we're really focusing on right now integration with other companies, platforms, there's a lot of avenues to how we can connect into certain things like that, whether it's a point of sale system for an auto parts company or another logistics management platform, or maybe even another, you know, driver solution platform or rideshare platform. So we're, we're really focusing on those type of integrations and hopefully in, you know, in the next few months, we'll have some announcements in terms of those partnerships. So that's very exciting as well as we're moving into the Rochester and Buffalo areas, we're actively uh, signing up customers there and getting drivers on board. So, Wow. That sounds great and exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure you're pretty busy. Yes. Yep. We are. Yeah. We're very busy. And like I said, we're still bootstrapped. So, you know, it's, we're, we're a very gritty company, but we're getting it done. Well, I appreciate uh, your time today and I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I think it's been really interesting to learn all about this kind of tech and the industry at large. Some things I had no idea about. Right. Yeah, (laughs) I appreciate that. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Making It Happen. If you would like to learn more about Tonquin, we'll leave that information in the show notes. We'll be back soon with another episode with a different startup company. So in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, feel free to subscribe, download, and leave us some feedback with a review.